I got into this because I'd had enough. I was fed up, but I got to put my words into action because I felt that at that moment when I spoke to the board of supervisors, there was millions of people listening. As I've sort of become a leader in this movement, I've realized that people want nothing more than to get on board to get their freedom back. If my voice gets heard and helps people, then this has all been well worth it. If my kids have a better America to live in, then this is absolutely worth it. I really don't like this stuff. I never wanted to be part of a production or a movie or, you know, I'd rather be out in the fields fighting somebody. Way that we fight, if this is the way that we inspire uh, people to move forward and, and to come on board with us, you know, for the win, then I'll be here. So. My fellow Americans. It is time to take our freedom back. So you're not Lonnie, you know, sitting in Lonnie's no. chair here. Lonnie's not with us today, uh, but we have a special guest today. I think this is great because we're talking about the elections coming up, but with that, we're talking about all these issues that have led us to this activism, if you will. You know, Are you a biologist? I, I'm not a biologist. Are you, you sure know. this isn't Lonnie? Uh, well, I can't tell for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. For, it could be anything these days. And if she identifies as Lonnie for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to call her Lonnie, you know. But but but, but she's not. Uh, she is Sydney Endicott, you know, and uh, a daughter of a great friend of ours, Danny's daughter, and, and a friend. And she's here to tell a story. And I think this is great when we have guests on here that tell a story uh, not to fit our narrative or our agenda, but just simply get facts out there as to what's going on in the world. So, Sydney, thanks for being here today. And tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, and, and then we'll get into your, your Marine Corps career and, and how that all evolved, you know. So, go ahead. So, lived here my yeah. whole life. Yeah. Um, I left when I was 18 to join the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was back in 2017. Okay. So... So what led you to want to join the Marine Corps? I never really was like one of those kids who was like, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a Marine. Yeah, yeah. It was more like my sister went to talk to recruiters mm -hmm. and they got her. Okay. And then I was roped and, and, you're, and you're a twin. So let's talk about yeah. that. So you're a twin. So your sister joined first. Yes. Okay. Nine months before me. Gotcha. So, gotcha. So you, like you didn't go to boot camp together or anything then? She went no. first. She, yeah. I, uh, I joined nine months after her. Okay. And then, I'm mind blank right now. That's okay. <laughs> so, so, so she she joined, and then you decided, hey, I want to, yeah. I want to do that too. Yeah. So my mom was like, "What do you want to do?" Yeah. I'm like, "Well, I really don't want to go to school." Yeah. I'm like, "I don't, I don't want to do that." Yeah. So she's like, "You got three options. You're gonna get another job. You're gonna go to school, 
or you're going to join the Marine Corps. Yeah. Like <laughs> verbatim, that's yeah. what she said. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, I don't want to go get another job. And I don't like, want to go to school. Eh, so option that. three sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now tell us about that process. What was that like for you? You know, what, what kind of thoughts did you have going in? What, what would you want to do in the Marine Corps? What did you do? Mm. I wanted to do combat camera. Yeah. So I, I like love photography and I was really yeah. into that. And yeah. I signed that contract mm-hmm. and then I got hurt mm-hmm. at the rodeo and, uh, and they were like, yeah, you're going to keep, you're going to get your job. So don't worry about it. Yeah. And it pushed me back like three months mm-hmm. and they're like, no, don't you, you're still going to get your job. Yeah. Don't worry. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah and, Good Marine Corps fashion. <laughs> yeah. So I wait, you know, September, 2017, I'm like ready to go. And they're like, actually you're leaving before, uh, you're supposed to a week before, which was a week before my birthday, yeah. my 19th birthday. And and they're like, oh, yeah, also one little thing. You have to pick another job. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah. And it's because somebody dropped out of the depths, you know, so they yeah. had a slot to fill. So it's a recruiter game, you know, so yeah. go ahead, you're leaving early. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, right. yeah. yeah. Pick a whole other job. And then I tried. I was like, I don't know, like military police. I was like, heavy equipment, anything. And they're like, oh, we have a supply. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I was like, just four years. That's yeah. it. And. And I got like to training and everything, and then I find out that it's aviation supply. I'm like, oh my, what does that even mean? Sure, sure. I'm like, I thought I was gonna. It was harder. Yeah. It was, you know, got to sure. use your brain a little bit more. Sure. So what what is aviation supply? Um, I describe it as like kind of like the auto zone for like the aircraft. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So 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 are you assigned to a certain airframe <laughs> or a squadron, or can you work anywhere in the air wing? Um, only at air stations. Okay. So like reserves, active bases, just only air stations. Got it. Yeah. MCAS. Which is an important job, you know, and I think, you know, sometimes when we think about the Marine Corps, we think about guys with guns, you know, who are closing with and destroying the enemy. And then we think about guys in planes who are dropping bombs on people, but we forget about the logistical support that goes, goes into that, you know? So we thank you for your service. Thanks for what you've done. So tell us about this process now as to uh, being in the Marine Corps and then getting hit with COVID. COVID happens. You know, what's that look like in the Marines? Mm, I was working in Guam okay. in March, 2020. And we were like the first cycle of Marines to go in like ROM. Yeah. Restriction of movement. Okay. That's what they call it. Yep. Isolation. And they throw us, they're like, you guys might be stuck in your room for 14 days. <laughs> we're like, hell yeah, that sounds sweet. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, party. Yeah, yeah and it wasn't sweet. Um, but they didn't know like what to do with us. You know, it was brand new to them. So after we got back from Guam, we were all just running around doing our thing. We were working shifts. Mm-hmm. They had us on like a red and gold. Yeah. So they split up the crews so that we wouldn't have contact with each other, which we did anyways. Yeah. It was all stupid. But sure. Then they threw us in the ROM, in ROM huh. after we were already talking and like out off base and everything. And we're like, okay, that's kind of counterproductive if you're, you know, trying to keep us away from each other, but sure. fine, we'll go away. And it was nuts. Like they had me working while I was in there. They were like, oh, I'll bring your computer so you can you sure. know, stay productive. Yeah. Usually everybody's just sleeping the whole time. And I'm like working and it sucked. Yeah. But that was... Well, what was the morale like during that time amongst Marines? Oh, man. Low. So they locked us on base countless times. Like, we weren't allowed to leave. Um, we had a 9 p.m. curfew. 
we weren't allowed to travel. They had a map. It was like all of Japan, and there was red zones and green zones. And if it was red, you not nobody can come from there. You can't go to there. And we weren't allowed to use public transportation or anything. And that was just on and off for those two years. And I think I was put in ROM like five times. Okay. Wow. So that was. 70 days, yeah. roughly. Now, is that something that was, like, DOD-wide, or is that just uh, up to your own squadron, or, I mean, how, how was that being rolled out? That was DOD-wide. Yeah, so. I think they were more strict about it. Yeah. But, I mean... Sure. I was... My sister went through way worse. Like, yeah. when she was in Korea, she got sick. Yeah. Just kept testing positive. Mm-hmm. And the shoes in isolation there for 40 days straight. Oh, wow. And going insane. Yeah. Like, I think we remember talking to your dad during that time, you know, when that was going what, on. And what was her MOS? She's an electrician, generator yeah. mech. Mm-hmm. Cool. So. Now, you got out of the Marine Corps and she stayed in, mm-hmm. correct? So she's still in the Marine Corps. Yes. So tell us about your decision process there. You know, what led you to, to say, hey, enough's enough. I'm getting out. What was it? So. During, right in the beginning of the COVID outbreak over there, I broke my ankle because we were mm. just messing around at the skate park. We were yeah. working shifts, yeah. so we had nothing to do. <laughs> and, like, why else would I be there, you yeah, know? Like, sure. I was so bored. And yeah. I had to get two surgeries. And after my second surgery, it was April or May 2021. And I was, like, about to get out. And I was supposed to leave July. So I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not ready to get out. I need mm-hmm. some more physical therapy. Like, So I signed a one-year extension to my contract, which mm-hmm. would have me getting out September 2022 mm-hmm. instead. Um, and I think August was when the mandate happened. Yeah. So I was waiting for orders to go to Camp Pendleton yeah. for my uh, like medical stuff like the... Sure. Headset process, sure. I think. And yeah. what was it? Yeah, August. They dropped that. And they're like, so you're going to get this or not? Because they said legal Trump's medical, so you're not going to be able to do your process. So here I am, like, only in there for medical reasons. I'm like, wait a minute. Now, did they want you to get the vaccine? Is that what was going on? They were saying you have to be vaccinated yeah. you know, to do that. So... I heard about the mandate dropping, so I started looking up everything I needed to do, like the relig- the religious exemption part, and wrote up my stuff, because they don't give you the tools for that. You know, they don't sure. want you to win that. Sure. So I had no guidance on that. Nobody knew about it. Sure. It was, like, brand new. Mm-hmm. So I, pu- I put in my religious exemption, because I'm like, fine, cancel my stuff, because I'm not, it's not happening, mm-hmm. you know? Even if that means I get a general under honorable instead, mm-hmm. and I'd rather go down... With that, so so it. so they're basically telling you you cannot get a dishonorable or an honorable discharge unless you follow the mandate and get vaccinated. That's what they were saying, yeah. and nobody knew what was going to happen. So I still wasn't going to change my mind. Sure. So I had the same mindset the whole time, yeah. but they really had now, us I, thinking out there. I, I, that we were alone. So I have two questions. When the when the mandates came down, the vaccine mandate you know started to take place. Mm-hmm. Were Marines running to get vaccinated? Were they like 
let's do it. Or Marines like, we're not doing this. Because overall, the Marine Corps out of all services had the most people dissent. The most people mm-hmm. say, hey, we're not doing this out of any service. So so what did you see? What was what were the conversations like there amongst the Marines? So at first, you had like an option to deny it. Yeah. And before they made you, yeah. you know, so there was like, they would bring us in auditoriums and be like, this is what's good about it. Yeah, and sure. you're going to be safe. Like, mm. this is fine. Listen, we have our Navy medical yeah. doctors here. <laughs> sure. Listen to them. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so you had to go sign a paper saying that you're not going to get it. And mm. I think I saw like 70 names on it mm. just from base. Mm-hmm. Out of how many do you think per or percentage wise? What do you think? I mean, is this one out of 10? Two out of ten. It was my unit had like five hundred people. Yeah. Okay, so that was probably thirteen percent or something like that of people. Yeah. Yeah. So Hmm. it wasn't like a a big amount, and it slowly they they started to get everybody. They're like, well, threatening them, like this is what's going to happen if you don't. Are you sure? Sure. Everybody's like, fine, I'm just going to do it. The amount of people that came up to me and were like, "Oh, you didn't get it? That's crazy!" Like I wasn't going to get it, but this, and I wanted yeah. to take leave. They threatened people. Well, it's not any different leave. than what we see in the civilian sector now, where people say, "Well, I didn't really want to, but you know, mm-hmm. it was going to cost me my job and, and whatever else." So, where people just said from the beginning, "Look, none of us are doing this. There's yeah. nothing they could have done about it." You know, so so good for you for sticking by your guns. Especially, uh, I think in the military too, it's a different mindset because you you were taught early on to follow orders. Yeah, it's no obedience to orders. You know, 100 percent of the time. So so how were you treated once you made that decision? How were you treated by your command, by your peers? You know, mm-hmm. what, what was that like? I don't think they liked me very much to begin with. Yeah. Like other than like my shop and like my tech sure. group, like my sure. my supervisor and stuff. But that I think the higher ups there like sure. in my unit, like yeah, officers started yeah. liking yeah. me a lot less. Yeah, so yeah. I noticed little things where I'm like, damn, like can't i can't go say hey you're treating me different because of this but i could tell yeah like just like snarky comments and stuff like that i kind of felt like i was like being ostracized for not getting it sure but you can't go and were were you alone during this time were there other people like you who were there at my unit there was four of us that didn't get it out of like 500 i said so wow yeah so it was me two other junior marines and then a E9. Okay. And I think they threatened to take his retirement. I think, I don't know the specifics, yeah. but I heard that he didn't get it. Yeah. He like filed for it and they're like, no, you well, can't uh, get it. Uh, uh, master Guns or Sergeant Major? Master Guns. Yeah. So. What, what, and what was going on with your sister at this time that, that they were hammering you like that? What was she? She was in Okinawa and I think it was, it was about the same like, you know, harshness of it because we we're both in Japan. But then she decided she wasn't going to get it. So I helped her write up her stuff. You know, I was better at it. So yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. change the name and, you know, sure, like sure. move some words around. So I did her stuff for her and she ended up getting to leave Japan. They had me stuck in Japan yeah. until my stuff came back because I did have orders. They kept pushing back the orders mm-hmm. until I got my religious stuff back, which is all denied. Sure. But my sister is still in. It still, hasn't been vaccinated. No, still pending her stuff. Mm-hmm. And so is she in the process of getting out then, or are they kind of just have? They keep telling her that she's not going to get out. Really, which is really weird because huh. that um, the class action lawsuit with like the Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that Nav admin came down 
the Navy and they're like, okay, we're not kicking anybody out now for yeah. that put in religious stuff. And, and I think the SEALs were kind of at the forefront of that, right? It was Special mm-hmm. Operations Command that said it, that had the most people say, hey, they were going to lose this. like a third of their SEALs. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, man, how do you replace it's those guys? Huge. And, and that, that's yeah. a lot of money. It's a national asset. I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot, a lot of resources that go into training a SEAL. Well, to train just a service member in general, you know, but. Well, you know, how do you think they picked and cho- cho- like your sister's in <clears throat> and, and, the, and they moved you out? I mean. You think it was that they had a shortage of one job compared to the or other? Or the timing of it, policies or, change. I think it's five words, the needs of the Marine Corps. Needs of the Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. I, I think it was timing mostly, though. Um, my stuff being more early on, and my med- mine was medical. They always like were changing their minds and telling, like, they, they could never give me straight answers sure. on why I was still there. Sure. That really sucked. Okay. I was supposed to leave November. Of 21, I ended up leaving April mm-hmm. this year. So that's how long they had me, like, dragging me on, like, mm-hmm. waiting to go wh- while they let her execute orders. Sure. And I think they actually read the order wrong mm-hmm. and said, they said, oh, they read the first part, says you can't execute orders if, you've been, if you haven't been vaccinated sure. or denied it. And I hadn't denied it until my stuff was back. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. And her command let her leave. So. I, I just want to say good job for, I mean, that's less than 1% of the people and your squad is, am I saying it right? Or squadron. squadron. Yeah. So um, less than one per eight tenths of a percent. If it was four out of 500 people, that's only eight tenths of 1% of people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stood up for what they believe. Well, I mean, other people went along with it because they probably believed in it, but how many people just complied because everybody else was, and it was just, you know what I mean? So sure. I just want to give you props for that because the more time that goes on, I mean, it yeah. looks like there could be some, Serious adverse effects well, happening. I think John, you presented that data some time ago. <clears throat> yeah, the D med data with uh, Thomas Renz. What, what was like four hundred percent increase in cancers and you dude, know. It, it was anywhere from a hundred something percent to uh, twenty one hundred something percent for hypertension, but the cancers, heart attacks, sure. pericarditis, mary, uh, pericarditis. Myocarditis. Myocarditis. That's I almost said mericarditis. I was like, myocarditis. No, and it's actually these are otherwise really healthy young people. I mean, the the process to get into the military is a pretty rigorous one, Mm -hmm. especially in the Marine Corps. You know, I mean, physically you have to be fit, you have to be you know fit for duty. And so when we're going through this entire process of vetting these kids to get in, I call them kids, you know, they're, they're young adults to get in, uh, you're getting the cream of the crop, you know, uh, of, of American society. So now to say, hey, you're all going to, you know, basically disintegrate your health by, you know, following this mandate is a dangerous thing. Now, now what was your fear? What was your reasoning for not wanting the vaccine? What Was it a medical reason where you, you feared it? Was it... Just hey, I don't want to be told what to do. What, what, what really, what really was it for you? I think at first I was just like, why would I get that? I mean, look yeah. at everybody around us; like we're fine. Yeah. Oh, we have a, like a small cough. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, that's not too bad. Sure. Why would I put that in my body if? Yeah. You know, I'm. It's not going to harm me. You know, when we had the. And you surely saw people get COVID. You know, yeah. you surely. Saw, uh, I never had it. Really. I've never had it. Wow. Yeah. That you know of. That I know of. Yeah. Well, you might not have uh, the ACE2 receptor, you know, and mm. there is people who, and uh, like, I got it and, um, I mean, I didn't get tested or anything, but I mean, I definitely got the same thing that everybody else yeah. got at yeah. that time. It was Symptoms. going through in late yeah. 2019, early 2020 before we officially had it here, but it was going around pretty hardcore. And um, my my uh, wife and my two kids didn't, they didn't have anything. 
they yeah. didn't show any i mean i was right there with them yeah. and it was kind of interesting to see certain people that were exposed just didn't get it at all you know so it's like my wife she still thinks she hasn't gotten it i just think she was asymptomatic yeah. i don't know how in society now sure. that you yeah, w- wouldn't I, have come you know, across I, it if i'm you sure you hear somebody that hasn't gotten it yet you know yeah um, yeah. i did know people that got hurt by it too yeah. that was like like down the line but yeah. they two people that i worked with yeah hurt so, from the being sick or from the from, jab from the jab really yeah what one of them got pericarditis mm-hmm. and they're like oh you're just going to the gym too much yeah like yeah yeah you're working out too much <laughs> too much <laughs> exercise oh and also yeah. the next one got rhabdo what, what, what is that rhabdo Miliosis. Hmm. It's like when athletes overtrain and their creatine levels spike and like their kidneys can't process like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was in the hospital for like a week. Wow. And they're like, oh, it's because you did pull ups. Drink some water. (laughs) No, I know. They're like, you're dehydrated. That was like crazy though, because he was hooked on an IV. He could have had like a heart attack, he said. Like his, his kidney could have like. Failed. Yeah. How Close. old was he? Or is he, I mean? 21. Yeah. yeah. See, this is... Yeah. In your prime, man. Yeah. In your prime, and this doesn't happen. So then they just disregard it as being some kind of medical anomaly. Yeah. What, what was that it new thing you were saying? It's like inf- sudden infant death... No, uh, sudden, no, adult, sudden adult death syndrome? Death syndrome. Yeah, well, we've always heard of SIDS, right? Sudden infant death syndrome. Yeah. Now, the big thing is sudden adult death syndrome, you know? And there's no coincidences in life. You know, as I get older, I realize that nothing's a coincidence, you know? Well, you know, the the, reason for everything, the mainstream media used to never say, Oh, uh, uh, cold weather could cause blood clots. Sure. Oh, uh, uh, the time change, change. the time change could cause blood clots or heart attacks or, you know what I mean? Like what's funny about SADS, right? Yeah. Sudden adult death syndrome is that unvaccinated people aren't dying from it. So it's pr- pretty interesting, but but they're not going to look at that empirical evidence. They'll never look at it and admit that they were wrong. You no know? way they can't. They'll, they'll Can you imagine? To, 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 you know, maybe, maybe they were right. Deal, maybe they know? were right, and it's working just how they knew it was going. Well, to. That's exactly what they wanted. You know. Um, so, but 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 I'm glad you did. I'm glad you stood by your guns. So, what did the process look like now, from getting out, transitioning to civilian life? How, how's it been for you? Mm. Oh wait, r- real quick, since you're we're mentioning yeah. that, what what did your discharge look like? I got an honorable. Good. Oh, good. And That's awesome. They said that I was one of the only ones yeah. on my base that sure. got it because I sat down and wrote a letter to my commanding general mm. like way up. And I was like, this is like what happened chronologically, why I'm here now. And I don't think that I should be treated this way. Sure. Now, so, was that the wing general or was that the MEF? Air wing. Air wing. Yeah. yeah. Right, air wing. Yeah. So, wow, you know, well, that's great. That's a great story, you know. So, what's the transition been like for you? Yeah, I knew it was going to be tough. Yeah. But I was like scared. I'm like, I could just stay in Japan forever. Yeah. I was there for four years. Yeah. Like, that's longer than a lot of people are sure. out there for. Sure. And you like Japan? Mm-hmm. No, oh, no. No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you were scared to be stuck there. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I misread. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I did extend. Yeah. Back in 2019, because mm-hmm. my sister was going out there. Sure. And that was the end of 2019. So then COVID happened, and I saw her like three times. Mm-hmm. And when she came to see me, she came with somebody that was COVID positive. So we got locked in a room together. Mm-hmm. They were going to separate us. Yeah. 
And we were, we were like, do you want us to call mental health? Because we will. Yeah. So we did. And they put us together. Yeah. It's like little, you don't try. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. they'll just take advantage of you. Sure. So we're like, you're not splitting us apart. So I, I spent two Christmases in a ROM. So. Wow. Wow. So I, well, I'm sorry you had to do that. That's, that's terrible. You know? And when I hear these stories, I mean, it's disheartening because we always look at the military with such high regard and we respect them so much, you know? But what's become lately, and I, and I saw something, I got out of the Marine Corps off active duty in 2007. I stayed in reserves for some years after that. But I'll tell you, I started to see a social experiment happening, you know, where it was no longer oh, about man. locating with, and, you know, close to distance and destroying the enemy. It, now, now it was, you know, this entire, like, woke social movement. I can't believe know. the Marines are leading the way on it, too. Uh, they they, they really have a are. picture of them with the, post? the bullets of all different yeah. colors. Yeah, the colors, the, you know, yeah, it's a full metal jacket picture, but it was, yeah. you know. Oh, and, and I'm like, dude, what has this become now, you know, where where it's no longer about killing the enemy and, and defending the country now? To me, I, and I hate to say this, you know, I mean, if you would have asked me a few years ago, I would, I would have been very proud for my own children to join the Marine Corps Absolutely. or the service, you know, where now I'd probably say, hey, don't do it. You know, I mean, you're not really serving the country. Uh, you're serving the corporations. You're serving yeah. the, this this woke mindset. You're serving this this agenda, you know, that doesn't serve the American people well, you know. And I hate to say that because I think young men and women go in with a very patriotic point of view saying, hey, I want to serve my country. I, I believe in America and we commend them for that. But I just don't think that they're uh, that they're correct nowadays, you know, when, when they're doing that. So I, I, I put that in people's head, you know, not to discredit their service or their willingness to serve the country, but you know, for them to think about, you know, think about what you're really doing here. What are you really serving at this point? Because I think there's been a shift now to, to where the patriots now, to me, the people protecting this country now are people, you know, like like us, people who, who are want to make a difference to communities, people who are re ready to fight if they have to protect the communities, you know. And I think that's how we're going to defend America in the, the future. Militia. You know? The militia, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that really is where the patriots are. Uh, not to say there's not very patriotic people in the military, but what I'm seeing is people that are just willing to fall in line with with this agenda for a career. And you probably saw this a lot of the Marine Corps, as did I, where people were very career-minded. They weren't about what's right and what's wrong. It's all about protecting my own career. And from day one in the Marine Corps, that's what they're, they're preaching to you, you know? It, it's how can you step on somebody else's head to get above, you know? How, how can you screw your buddy, you know, for you to get promoted, you know, for you to, to rise up the ranks? And, and that's simply not how it's ever worked before. It's always been on merit, on your hard work, on your dedication, on your value as a Marine, you know? And when it started to get, to get away from that, you know, it's just, I decided there was nothing I wanted anything to do with, you know? So you probably I, went through some of those same sentiments. I can tell you, if I was an employee, I would be... I would be looking to hire someone like Sid that had that kind of intestinal fortitude, yeah. you know, and was tough and going to stand by her values. I mean, and, and what's interesting is of all the services, the Marine Corps has always been the most cavalier. They're the ones who foster the creative thinking, the thinking right. outside the box, you know, the uh, the buck the system type of mentality, you know, and that's always what's made the Marine Corps great uh, is to have that cavalier attitude, you know, where I, I think if the Army's going to take a hill, they go and they open the textbook and they say, okay, this is how it's done. Boom, 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 boom. The Marine Corps says, hey, forget the textbook. Let's look at that hill. And they'll ask the young Lance Corporal, the corporal, and say, hey, what do you guys think? You know, how are we going to take that hill? And it fosters this idea that there can be very creative, thoughtful, you know, process in the lower ranks, you know. And we've gotten away from that now, you know, I, I think in the Marine Corps and maybe in all the services. And, and it's sad to see, you know. Um, but we commend you. Thank you for your service, you know. And, and 
what you did was great. I think you've served the country well by standing up and saying, hey, it's possible for me to say no and to still walk away with an honorable discharge, you know. And if there's anything that we can do for you in this transition, you know, please let us know because I think it's up to uh, the citizens of this country to make sure that when these young men and women are transitioning out of the military that they're able to do so successfully, you know. So what what is your game plan now besides joining the militia? Exactly. Chill for a bit. Yeah. You know, I felt I felt like my life was kind of on hold for yeah. a bit there. I wasn't sure. doing what I wanted to do. So I got to find out what I want to do. Sure. Work for my dad in the meantime. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Use yeah. my skills that I, you know, learned over there. And there's a lot to learn from your dad. You know, he's a yeah. great man. You know, that, that's awesome. And, and what would you say to other people that are in the Marine Corps now? Because I imagine now it's not just the vaccine now to be fully vaccinated, there, there's boosters, right? So you probably saw that process, right? With booster number one, booster number two. Now, what is it? Booster number You're three, never now, fully vaccinated. Co- <laughs> coming out, right? So it, it, are there people now, I wonder, are there people, maybe you don't know the answer to this, maybe you do. Are there Marines who got the initial vaccine who are now saying, well, I'm not going to get the booster, you know? I have heard that. I've heard people going like, man, why do we need more? Like, maybe it's my time. Like, people want out. They don't sure. want to stay in anymore. Sure. Because it is corrupt. Sure. And you see it, especially now, sure. you're like, damn, like, look at all this happening. I can't really take this anymore. Sure. Everybody's like, this isn't what I wanted to do. This mm-hmm. is what I signed up for. So I think that we're going to see a lot more people refusing the boosters mm-hmm. because they see what's going on. First, further weakening our military, by the yeah, way. 100%. Yeah, and and it's me, it's about military. national security. You know, when you put those stats up, I, I was astounded. I hadn't seen those stats, you know. And, yeah. and I said, man, we are weakening so, our, our defense systems. Big time. You know? So since we showed that DMED data that yeah. Thomas Renz, because they took 2016 to 2020 data, and then they looked at 2021 data and compared it, averaged out the previous five years and then compared it to 2021. So 2016 sure. to 2020, yeah. they took all the data, averaged it out, and then took 2021. So um, I forget the agency in the, if maybe it's the DOD, I'm not sure, um, but they went back, whoever's in charge of the DMED data, they went back and changed those numbers and says, oh, we underestimated it. So, really? so since I presented that data, they have now changed it. So if you go to the DMED database, all the numbers just magically changed. Really? They go, oh, we underestimate to, to fall in line yeah. with what 2021 yeah. was. And again, it goes back to what you're saying, whether they, they won't debate us on the facts, They'll, they'll never present we just the actual, actual facts. They can just change the numbers. Nobody says yeah. anything. They'll go, okay, well, I guess the numbers change, you know, and, and that's it. But there's Marines, lives, at, uh, you know, at risk here. I mean, their lives are on the line, you know, in a way that it, it's not what we want, you know. We, we don't want Marines' lives to be on the line for some medical travesty. We want them to be on the line because they're going to, you know, find yeah. an enemy and kill them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. and, and how can we do that successfully, you know, when we have these – uh, these young men and women now who are just being forced, you know, they're being brainwashed where it used to be the universities that brainwashed people. And, you know, now it's the military that's oh, kind of yeah. taking the same, the same line. You know? well, I just want to tell you, we're proud of you, Sydney. Thank yeah. you. Very yeah. proud. I, I, I wish proud. more people stood up like you did because it, it might seem unpatriotic, but you know, what, what if 75% of the people just said, no, that would have changed everything. You know what I mean? They would have, they would have had to back down and, and just like it mm-hmm. in, in the schools, if, if, 75% of the parents said, no, I'm not sending my kid to school. But you know what's happening in Conwood? Conwood figured out that how many kids, like 80% of the kids want to go to school, you know? Right. Yeah, the policy's so. going to change like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so awesome. Well, thank you. Any last words? Mm-hmm. You got something. You got, we're going to let you end here. Mm. What would you like to see out of all this? 
people thinking for themselves. Yeah. yeah definitely not listening to the media. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's all I want. I, I mean, I had to stand no, up and do it myself. And, so and, other people and that's great American it. ideal. And what's powerful about you saying that is that you did it. You know, you're not just telling people, hey, say no. You actually said no in what's the most, you know, friction-filled environment, right, where it's easy for us to say no, you know. Well, and that's why you get to be you, in this room, though, because we all said. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and for, for you to be able to stand up, you know, when you have all that pressure from your peers, from your yeah. you know, supervisors and everybody else, you know, coming down the line. So, yeah, we commend you. Awesome job. All right, guys. So, John, want to go ahead and close us out with a sharing on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, thanks for coming on, Sydney, and, and sharing your story with us. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. And um, the the one thing you can do to to really help us out would be to to share this um, on the social media platforms. Um, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Mountaintop Media. Um, dot com mountaintopmedia.com and also check out the other uh, mountaintop media production um, which is sovereign minds and patriot state of mind awesome. i'm sorry uh, uh jefferson state of jefferson mind jefferson state of mind <laughs> we're patriot <laughs> state of mind <laughs> yeah awesome great job thank you guys all right